And we're back. Thanks for listening again to Above the Pitch. We're bringing you Game Week 8. We're finally eight weeks in. Lotto's not too happy of a man, so I'm just going to maybe start this off with another game that we can talk about. What game are we going to talk about this week? Let's uh, let's start with, uh, in order, Liverpool-Watford. Is the podcast over? <laughs> it might be after the next game. <laughs> I'm getting up now. <laughs> Perfect. So, Liverpool-Watford. Just uh, another solid performance. 5-0. Must be nice to know when your team, I mean, feels like when your team wins. I know. Or scores well, five goals. I think fair enough. I've been through a lot. get scored on. I've been through a lot to watch them this year. <laughs> uh, so, starting off, you know, looking at the lineups, uh, I thought something interesting from Watford. They started Messina as a left mid. That's their second string left back. So I thought that was kind of odd. Okay, you have Danny Rose and the Messina in front of him. Well, Danny Rose looks like he's on vacation. <laughs> he doesn't look like he's on vacation. He looks like he's having the worst trip of his life. But, uh, you know, it's very interesting because they put two left backs on their left side. That's Salah's side. That didn't turn out too hot. Yeah, so... because Danny Rose is still on vacation. <laughs> Can you imagine not wanting to play for Spurs, thinking you'd get a big money move transfer and then ending up at Watford? His cabinet is exactly the same. <laughs> well, Musa Sissoko thought it was a good idea, too. So, I mean, you know, there's that. Spurs need to get some money. And then also uh, on the lineup, uh, the lineups that we're looking at, the young boy from Liverpool started in net over Allison because all the Brazilian players weren't able to play coming back from South America. Right. Worked out perfectly because they're versing Watford. <laughs> well, you never know sometimes, but yeah, it worked out for us. Tom Cleverley is not dangerous from any part of the field. <laughs> Tom Cleverley, <laughs> yeah, he definitely isn't. Neither is Kuka, so I think we're good. <laughs> But yeah, uh, Keller uh, got started in net, the 22-year-old Irish boy. He did a great job today. And then we started off with the Salah special outside the foot pass across the whole defense to Mane, and Mane puts it in first touch for his 100th Premier League goal. Pretty solid. Yeah, all the uh, Liverpool players are getting all their milestones at the same time. Yeah, honestly, the technique on the assist was like, wow, Salah beats Danny Rose off the ball. And then just outside the foot, and you just watch it go perfectly across everybody. I was like, wow. Yeah, those top three link up like they've known each other forever. I mean, they're playing, they've played, they're playing with each other for how long now? Five years? It's been a while. Yeah. Um, I want to say minimally like 2014, 15. So yeah, yeah something they've, like that. They've been at that point where they can just close their eyes and know what's happening. And that's really what you want to see from a best, like a best team. I feel like uh, as far as connection, we did start a little slow with the top three, and now they're just like back in full form because, you know, we were like putting Jota in a lot, and now that Firmino is like full-fledged back, I believe again, and Salah's just on like a super, super hot streak right now. Yeah, it's nine goals in a row. Nine goals in a row, yep. Nine goals in a row, and then he does the just brilliant magic again. Inside the box, same exact side. Even the commentator was like, he's not going to do, do it a second week in a row. And he puts it away this time with his left foot. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah, he wiggles through three defenders, cuts back, chops that defender, and then pops it into the side netting. It's a wonderful goal. Yeah, he sent Cathcart to, I think, where Bruno's uh, penalty was going. He was watching the It was the like, game. Do, 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 You know, do, we're, do, do. we're done with this penalty talk. I'm getting up to leave. <laughs> Uh, and then Firmino finally uh, getting on the score sheet and putting in the hat trick. 
Yeah, who knew he could still score goals? But uh, <laughs> he didn't even know, and then he found out again. I mean, you know, they're all very Firmino like goals. It's all right place, right time, Strikers perfect timing runs. You know, it's just puts it away. I love it. And then I get to give a shout out to the Liverpool journeyman slash goat, James Milner, his 18th season in a row with an assist. That's crazy. That's my man. That's like the Ryan Gates stat where he scored in every single Premier League season he played in except for the last one. I just love it. Bad. James Milner is the fine wine. He's, he's a great player. <laughs> he's awesome. So, yeah. So, you know, it was a really good outing. And like we said, Salah, uh, nine games in a row with a goal. He's super, super, super on fire right now. He's bringing what you feel or what we actually talked about in the beginning of the season where... I feel like he's not giving you those spectacular goals, so you're not looking at him the same, and now he's just turning up out of nowhere and finally doing it again. And I feel like that's why that Watford goal happened, you know, with defeating like the four or five defenders. I feel like it was getting in their head, you know, like they just saw what he did with Man City, and it was like, you know, you're thinking in your head like, dude, this guy's capable of doing this all over again. And it just goes to like a lot of defensive mistakes all over again, which is nice. I don't think that's what the defenders were thinking. I think the defenders were thinking is like if we touch this guy, he's gonna fall in the box like he usually does, and we're gonna get a penalty. They're no, gonna get a penalty. I think out. no, definitely Danny Rose was thinking. I Danny Rose was on even vacation. There. He's he's on vacation. <laughs> wasn't even there. But yeah, I mean, it was a great outing. I'm really happy, and now Salah is tied for the most goals in the Prem by an African player with uh, Didier Drogba. Uh, they're both at Big one and four. Yeah. yeah. And then once he has one more goal, he is the highest scoring African player in the Prem, which is phenomenal. Yeah, league used to be tougher, though. I mean, you know. Just saying. I'm just saying. It's still 104 goals. Yeah, league used to be tougher. Now, I have a couple questions for you. So let's talk about the second Firmino goal. Mm -hmm. That was when uh, Robertson was jetting towards the defense from the left side. He puts a ball across a through pass, uh, aiming for Salah, who is on the right wing side. So it has to go between the two center backs, and Salah's behind the second center back. Before Salah can even touches it, Cathcart slides, touches the ball, throws it off the path, and then Firmino puts it in for a goal. They were saying that has happened. This is the second time it's happened in the Premier League this year. Both of them were considered goals because of the rule. Do you feel that should have been offside goal, or do you feel that it was rightfully so allowed? I believe it should be offside goal because Cathcart is never going to slide for that ball and push it backwards if Salah isn't behind him running in for the ball. I I completely agree with you. I I saw the goal and I was like, that's definitely going to get taken away. And then the commentators were saying that even though, you know, they're explaining the rule and everything like that and that they've already called it that way before. So maybe this will get reviewed at the end of the season. Liverpool, Liverpool, Liverpool. Do you want to talk about the United game right now? I'm ready to walk out this door. (laughs) So, so yeah, I I feel like it should be offside because like you said, it's one thing if Cathcart looks to his right, acknowledges Salah's there, and then goes for it, then it's his fault. But if he's just playing that ball because he obviously knows there's going to be a right winger coming down me, then it can't be his fault 
Thus, I feel like offside. Yeah, if Salah stops his run, sure, you can keep it, right? Ah, it's just, he's an offside position. The ball's obviously clearly for him. Mm-hmm. I remember back in the day, that used to be an offside. I don't know if they changed the rule, but if the ball was intended for you, they would call it immediately. Like, if the ball's intended for you and you're running towards it, no matter, you know, where that ball lands or who gets to, it is offside. I mean, you're going to think I'm a little crazy on this one, but one of the few times I'll bring up, like, NFL play, it's the same thing. I I think the same sort of rule should be implemented, which you only get past interference when you don't look backwards. Well, it's one of the reasons. So if you're facing the wide receiver and you never look at that ball, then it's your fault. It's always going to be an interference. Mm -hmm. But if you take the time to turn your head, then it doesn't. So I feel like that's kind of one of the scenarios where – the rule would only work that way, where if the defender can turn and acknowledge Sulla is there, then it's on you because you know his positioning. So you can't say, well, if he wasn't behind me, I wouldn't go for it. Like, you turn your head, even if it's a split second, you acknowledge his positioning, you still thought the slide tackle was the right idea. If you don't, and you're just straight looking at the play the whole time, then offside. Yeah, think about it like uh, if like a left back is giving a long ball to, say, a right winger, and the center forward, they're kind of in the same position. And he's giving you that ball from behind the 50, and you guys are ahead of the – the forwards are ahead of the 50. But one of you is already off sides. Like, they'll call that immediately because that right. ball is going towards your direction. Like, yeah. In the air, they'll call it. The trajectory so, can go yeah. either way. So I get that. So I just thought that was an interesting play. Something else to bring up, Barrio Ranieri. Not a good outing for him on this one. Yeah, I think – I mean, he's – Going to lose that game regardless. Um, it's good to have him back in the league. I don't think they played too poorly against, uh, you know, Liverpool opposition that were just on fire. You know, yeah, 5-0, but mm-hmm. his team is always going to come good. It's his first game of the season. What a great first game of the season to have, you know, when you're walking into a club. It's going to happen, you know. They're not going to, the Watford aren't going to beat them, what was it, 4-0 like they did last year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're going to look forward to him trying to keep this team up. Yeah, I mean, he's had four managerial jobs since that Leicester, Leicester job that he had were super successful. And I feel like it's going to take some time for him, especially with this kind of Watford team and Danny Rose, man. They have, so. they need players if they're going to stay up. So he's not going to be able to probably do a four four two like he usually likes to. He's going to need to buy players. And they're just going to have to believe in him and believe in themselves to try and stay up. It's going to be a tough task. So I just want to open up one last big discussion. I wanted to compare Salah to a really big winger who's played in the Prem that we both got to watch, and I feel like a lot of people put him in really high regards, and he's been a champion of the Prem before. I know the stats, okay. so it's okay. You you know, stick to your opinion. Okay. I'll tell you the stats later. All right. But it, when I was reading the stats after my thoughts, I was like, whoa, this is kind of a lot different than I was thinking. Okay. Would you perceive Mohamed Salah as a stronger, more effective Premier League winger than Eden Hazard was for Chelsea? Uh, wow, that's a good one. Um, so obviously Eden Hazard barely scored that many goals for Chelsea. I don't think he had that many assists, honestly. He was like, so maybe he, tried... he was like more of a Jack Grealish player. Mm-hmm. Well, Salah definitely has a bigger impact goal-wise mm-hmm. than Eden Hazard. 
But Eden Hazard was more of a creator than Salah was for his team. And you're but, saying who's better? Like who would be better? I guess maybe even let me rephrase it, right? Let's say last seven, eight years, mm-hmm. less than 10 years, if you had to choose an outside winger, you know, between Salah and Hazard on your team, who would it come down to? And maybe why? So it basically be whose prime would I rather have on my team? Would you rather have prime Hazard or prime Salah? I think I'd rather have prime Salah just because he scores more. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to have prime Salah, that means he's guaranteeing you almost 30 goals for that season, which is huge. So why why are you debating then? It sounds like you're having like a good argument. So I'm saying why are you debating about Hazard? Because Salah would not be able to do what he can do on another team if it wasn't Liverpool. But do you think Hazard could have yes. if it wasn't Chelsea? I think if Hazard could Hazard could have been put in any one of those teams and created so much for those any other of those teams. I think Hazard is the better player in general. Mm-hmm. I think Salah has a great work ethic and he's a good finisher. He's good inside the box. Outside the box, I think he's useless. I think his passing is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're talking about a com- the complete player comparing the two, it's Hazard. Definitely, hands down. Hmm. Uh, Hazard has gets fouled more. He carries the ball more. He runs inside the box better than Salah does. He's a great finisher. He's a great passer. I will... Going back, I would if if I could guarantee the goals Salah would guarantee me, I'd take Salah. But if I was to just not, if I would put him in any other team, I think I'd take Hazard definitely. Interesting, interesting. Let me hit you with some stats. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a little bit of my opinion, yeah. and then we'll end this discussion here. So Salah, obviously, we just learned he's on one hundred and four. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was in one hundred and sixty six games, yep. which is very impressive. Yep. It gives him a goal ratio of point sixty three. Hazard had 85 goals, and he did that in 245 games. Mm-hmm. Salah had 38 assists. Hazard had 54 assists. So Hazard had more assists than Salah. And obviously, Hazard had the two championships. You know, he won the Prem twice. Salah won it once. Salah has two golden boots, and then Hazard has zero. Zero, yeah. Salah's biggest year. As far as goals, so biggest goal, uh, golden boot he had, his high was 32 goals. And Hazard's highest year was the same exact year, 2018, 16. Isn't that crazy? I didn't expect it to be, you know, all right, so I totally understand how complete of a player Hazard was, how mm-hmm. impactful he is and all of that. I also, you know, obviously got to watch him the whole time, so I can understand, like, how much involved he was in those championship teams and winning and scoring and creating chances. But I didn't think he actually had that little goals in that many games. Like, his ratio was, like, so off. Yeah, I knew his stats were low. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that at all. And actually, I mean, total different tangent. I'm not even going to get there, really, but... I thought that like that whole price tag with Madrid was like the most overpriced thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, like I understood that he was a quality player and I would never say he's just good. Obviously we know he's great and he could be among some of the best that have played in the Prem. I'm not going to put him like a top 30, but you know, maybe like a top 50, something like that. But for him to go for like so much money is crazy. Mil, right? 80, 80 million, to 100 million is crazy. Million pounds? 
It was crazy. He was going off I mean, high, obviously. Obviously, that bit them so hard. He's yeah, he got injured. done nothing for yeah. Madrid. He's, he's, got, he's got. He's. I think he's had more than fifteen injuries. Yeah, he's like Madrid. ridiculously injury prone. But then, you know, like I said, I'm not going to go on a tangent about it. But I just thought that was like crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, my rebuttal to you is I think the answer is Sulla, regardless, because you may think that if he's on another team, he wouldn't do anything, but. I would honestly say maybe if he's on another team, they're not as robotic or they're not as much of a system. So maybe he has a little more free roam like Hazard used to play. I think he would stink on a free roam. I mean, we would we would never know. But Imagine seeing Saul on the left side. It'd be awful. I mean, if you put Danny Rose there, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, but it's not going to be Danny Rose. That's going to be a right back. <laughs> I just want to hit you. I just want to hit you with this uh, last stat that I looked up. So I, I saw, you know, that difference in the games and the goals. And I looked up, so Salah's point six three, and I was mm-hmm. like, I want to look at what the big guns are from like right. all time, right? Like Alan Shearer and all that stuff. So Alan Shearer obviously has the most goals of right. all time all in the time. Prem. He broke two hundred. So actually, he's not even one of the top five for goal ratios. I'm sure he's been on the. He was I mean, the he's for a long time. you know he's had yeah. to play so many games, of, yeah. of course. Who do you think is the number one in ratio? So that means you know the least games with the most yeah. goals. Is it? I'm gonna go with Aguero. Close, you're second place. Oh. Thierry Henry ah, first. Was originally was gonna guess. Okay. It's super close. Yeah, yeah. Thierry Henry's point uh point sixty eight and Aguero's point sixty seven. Yeah. And Kane is point sixty six. And and Thierry, then Salah comes fourth. And Henry had more assists than all both those guys combined now. And uh the most goals out of all of them though is Aguero, one eighty four yeah. compared to Henri one seventy five, and then Kane one sixty seven. So there is actually a big differentiation, you know, even though Salah has the better ratio, he's still a, over 60 goals away from even touching one of them. So, yeah, it, I mean, that Man City team and the growth of Man City and the way the league was, same thing with Liverpool and how they shaped at the right time. These teams are were getting four or five goals a game, like, the whole year. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have these boosted stats. I mean, you you, you could even have compared, you know, Solid stats to Ronaldo's, you know, Premier League stats. And there, you know, you'd say Salah was a better player. But I mean, I don't always like doing like-for-like stats. Yeah. It's just I felt like it was actually more appropriate to discuss those kind of players that way. Yeah. So let's move on. We already spent about 20 minutes talking about Liverpool. So That's let's fine. be a little fair. Let's talk it about was, something you want to talk about. Good, good topics. Good which topics. is the uh, the Yuri Tillman, I mean, the uh, Leicester City yeah, Man United Yuri game. Yuri Tillman is world class, and I'm Woo! surprised he's still playing on that team every Woo! year. Um, good old Anderlecht boy. Yeah, I'm really surprised he hasn't been picked up by a bigger team for a bigger price tag. I thought United would have went for them. I thought I thought Liverpool, he would be a great fit for Liverpool. Yeah, he, he hustles. Would. He plays both sides of the ball. They bought Thiago. Instead, mm-hmm. I think I think Telemans would have been an excellent substitute for Wijnaldum. Actually, would have been a better substitute. I agree. Than Wijnaldum. So I, mean, I love Wijnaldum, but I agree with you. Yeah, uh, Yuri Telemans can pass. He shoots. He's commanding of the back line. Like he talks the entire game, and he puts people in the right position. He's got it all. He and he runs. He hustles. He's world, only twenty four. Yeah, world class players. They run, and that's the big topic for the, the Man United game. Yeah, the best players. Hustle and doesn't matter how much skill you have, you still got to put the work in. You know, you don't see Bernardo Silva, you don't see Kevin De Bruyne, you don't see Jack Grealish dogging it out there. You know, you don't see Mane, San, uh, and Mane and Salah dogging it out there just because they know they're good. They run. Yeah, and that's something United doesn't do right at all. Like 
I get it. Ronaldo didn't press well that game. Uh, the wingers didn't run back. They just looked terrible. They just looked like they were playing as a losing team. Like, you know those kind of games where you could tell just the vibe of the team? Like, they were pretty much sitting back, letting Leicester kind of take control. And yeah, they you gave, should have been watching gave, it opposite. They gave them too much space. And when you want to win the league, you have to be a good pressing team. If you want to win the Premier League, you have to be, be a good pressing team. That's the thing you need now. And, like, this is just a whole big conundrum of topics of Man United. But you could start off with how Ole set up the team. He played Pogba and Matic. He hasn't done that since 2019 when Bruno first, t- Bruno first came and they went on that big win streak. So maybe he thought it would work against them. Uh, Matic proved too slow in the middle. If no one's pressing for Matic, a lot of space mm-hmm. that he's going to need to cover. And obviously he can't do that. Starting Maguire and not starting Bailly. When you knew Maguire was hurt, um, that's a huge mistake. You might as well give the job to Bailly. You know he's healthy. Almost all the goals came from Maguire's mistake. He had a horrible game. Well, you know, and the other thing is, you know, you bring up a good point with Matic, and I was thinking about that when I was seeing the lineups come up. And I'm like, dude, you know, Leicester's coming with, like, a three-man midfield, and they got... Two 24-year-olds and a 22-year-old. Right. They run. They're going to run like madmen. And, you know, it's your it's your, your best friend. Bukari Sumari, man. So, I mean, it's a lot of running. It's a lot of running. And you, he says he likes to play McFred because they have hustle and activity in the midfield. And he's he has now the weakest back four that he's had this year, which is an injured Maguire, Lindelof, Shaw, and Bissaka. And he decides not to play McFred and flood the middle. I guess he wanted to prove something, and he pr- decided to prove it on the wrong day. Um, and he left Matic out there in the middle by himself. Listen, Matic can still play. Like, this is not his fault. This is all Maguire and Ole's fault. The team looked like they didn't know how to play together. They didn't push together. They were pressing in singles if they ever pressed. All the goals were garbage goals besides for the first two. Greenwood started off with a sweet, like a worldly from the right side, and then Telemans did it on the other end, like right after the other, yeah. right? So like, oh, this is going to be a game, you know? And then United just throw away the game with these terrible, terrible, terrible set-piece goals and just letting the ball roll across the middle. And you look at it, and you're like, you don't even want to watch because it's just disgusting to see. Because, like, you see the lineup United have. You see the best they have, and you can't put it together. Like I told you last... um Last cast that we did, um, like I would not want to be the United manager because you just bought Jan Sancho for eighty million, right? He's not even starting. Yeah, he started this game, but he's not starting every game, right? You got Jack Grealish coming to Man City for a hundred mil, starts every game. Started the same the same week he was brought into the club, played the Community Shield, started, right? Right now you have Jan Sancho, so you you hunt him down for two years, two years you hunt him down. Okay, I'm here. Are we going to play? Here's the bench. <laughs> yeah. you here know, you go, bud. You, you bought Van de Beek for $30 million. I've only seen him twice. You know He's only I mean? seen himself twice. Yeah, kid looks miserable. He actually bumped into, like he was in such a panic to get back to the bench, he bumped into one of the coaches that was holding a tee and spilt it all over him. And then he's like, he apologized, and all he was looking at him like, <laughs> poor guy, <laughs> he can't take a break, man. <laughs> But Should at least just sang out at Ajax. Going back to, like, before Ronaldo came, we looked like we had something. Pogba was playing off the left. 
seven assists in two games, right? We had something going. Right. Like, it looked great. Mm-hmm. But now you're like, oh, I got Ronaldo on the team. I just told Edison Cavani to stay another year because, you know, come check out the fans. You're going to start every game, basically. Great, Ronaldo's here. Cavani, sit on the bench. Mm-hmm. Ronaldo doesn't like being benched. That we learned two, day- two games ago. You can't bench him. Mm-hmm. Right? Now Rashford's back. Martial, this is your year to redeem yourself. You can't anymore. You can't anymore. Rashford comes in. Master comes in this game and plays 10 minutes and scores already. I'd be really nervous being a young player on United right now. You talk about Greenwood. Why did you get Jaden Sancho if you're going to start Greenwood? I get it. He's on fire, right? Four goals in his first four games. He's on fire. He scores again today. Uh, you, you, it doesn't look like you could bench the kid, right? But he's not learning anything. Doing the same thing he's doing. Does. the same thing. He just shoots the ball, cuts in, cuts out, shoots the ball. There's no, there's no pass and move. There's no, there's no striker brain growing for him. He's just great at finishing. Great, you're great at finishing. Come to sit the bench, watch the game, learn how to move by these professionals, right? Learn something on the training pitch. That goes back to coaching. What's going on at coaching? You know what I mean? You know, I go with the same thing with your talk about martial right mm-hmm. everyone's always saying every single year for like the last three years he's got to prove himself you know this is his year and you know i'm just thinking about it i'm he's like not good no forget that like what is he proving himself for what 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 is he gonna get out of that deal probably nothing well, he gets paid a lot of money right now i know but i've always i felt after like the first couple years after he came from monaco i was like dude this is just not your scene man you should probably move on and now it's just been too many years of trying to prove it. Because now f- what? Now what? Okay. Maybe he gives some whirlies, right? Great. Who's he going to start in front of? Ronaldo? No. Well, I think he should have stayed out on the wing. He tried to force himself to be a striker because that's kind of what he was at Monaco. But he doesn't have the ability to be a striker in the Premier League. He's too slow. He's not. He's flat-footed when he plays. Yeah, he's great inside the box, and he could make an amazing goal. He's great at doing a curler from outside the box. The left winger. He's good at isolating. He's not a good striker. And obviously we needed one because he was terrible last season. Obviously he got injured a couple of times. But people want to say he had bad service. Sometimes a striker needs to create his own service. And, you know, you have Bruno Fernandez. He's giving you service. And he did really well at the end of that, that 2020 season. But there's something missing with him. Something that... He's just a little too lazy, I think, to be a striker for Man United. He's not ready for that high-level play. I think the key word is for Man United. I mean, Lukaku didn't work out for us either. I think Martial is perfectly capable of being a quality striker. I think he just needs the right team. And maybe United is just too much for him. You know, Not everyone's got to be the wonder kid from France and, you know, play for the best team ever. I mean, slap him on Everton, and I'm pretty sure he'd do a pretty nice job. Who knows? Maybe they need a striker now. Slap him on Arsenal. I guarantee you he'd do a lot better than what I'm watching. You know, so... I don't even know if he even start for Arsenal, actually. Well, that might be more of a politics kind of move, but I think skill-wise, he's he could be one of the best of any of those teams, you know? He could be... Yeah, he could be a leading striker for probably a 6-8 to eight team. And actually... This segues into my question for you. I feel like there should be a new question being asked in United, which is when do you know when to part with a player? 
right? I feel like that's the case for a few guys on the team. And aside from the whole Ole talk, because we could just keep doing that every week, but that's just boring to do. At the end of the day, I feel like there's some personal issues with certain players that just they need to move on. Like, just have them move on. Yeah, they're good players. Maybe not for you. Who are you talking about? I'm talking about a few people. I mean, Martial was someone I had in mind before we started talking. Matic was a guy that, honestly, I mean, he's old enough that I can almost say it doesn't matter. You know, just move him on or not. Van de Beek, obviously, that's super easy to say. Another guy I'm going to say, honestly, is Harry Maguire, man. Just move him on. We just you know, bought him. He's the captain of the team. I understand. It's just one of those things like how many times you're going to watch this poor guy be played when he's injured, make the same mistakes, get all the fire in the press. You see it in the way he plays. Like, dude, just. You got to blame the coach then. He no, I'm not blaming it on him. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. I, I can sit here and just be like, oh, he's terrible. And just, but he you hasn't know. played to $80 million. His price tag was way too expensive. All I'm saying is maybe uh, maybe Man United need to just turn around and be like, we effed up and that's it. Let's move. Let's not well, ruin this poor guy's got, career. They've gotten rid of a lot of players this year. I mean, in the last two years since Ed Ole, they really cleared out a lot. And I think I think next year they'll, they'll clear out again because they're going to look to get Declan Rice or another a CDM. Because, I mean, I think, to be honest they're with gonna you. They're going to keep Harry Maguire. That's... Watching this game. I would have picked Lindelof 10 out of 10 when right. I compare it to Maguire. Right. But I still don't think it's his right. fault. I'm watching on the other side. So Yonchu scoring against Man United, right? That was literally what Harry Maguire looked like. Right. Same guy. It's the same system. Same guy. And he looked amazing. And maybe if you put So Yonchu on Man United, he also do that. It's just like, it's great. You know, you made the wrong choice. You paid 80 mil. Yeah, he's your captain. Woohoo. Like, so you get rid of your manager. So what does, what does it matter? Like, maybe if you just bite one or, uh, one or two I bullets, think, I don't you move on. I don't think he's that bad. I think with a partnership with Varane, he'll be way better. Um, I think he needs to play by a faster seat, uh, center back. When he's on, he's on, though. You know what I mean? When he's on, he's on. I mean, I clearly. Mean, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna judge him harshly on this game because he was injured. That's his fault for saying that he's gonna play, and also always fault for putting him in. Mm-hmm. Um, he should have definitely gave by the start he should have definitely played van de beek at least as a sub or something you know what i mean like he's just not right putting in the right team and he i mean i don't know if we're going to talk about champions league but just throw it in there yeah he scored today whatever who scored today uh mcguire he did yeah he scored he scored today uh, against atlanta yeah to help us come back and uh he put out the wrong team in the first half mm-hmm. um i definitely wouldn't have played you know McFred in the first half, McTominay was again useless. It's just got to be a better team selection. After he makes all those changes, we come to life. You know, just finishing off my argument with him moving on, it's also like things like this. Like, this is a big game for you guys. It's not the biggest team, but it's a big game. Very big game. And you know what? You have to be a win. You talk talk about Varane as higher caliber than Maguire, but guess what? The money doesn't say so, right? The money says Maguire is. I'm not just talking money right now, right? Yet, Two out of the three goals, Maguire's fault. The first yeah, he one, was terrible. He gave it away automatically. Telemans makes such a beautiful shot right. just without even trying. Right. Top top corner, and then the last goal for uh, Pat Sandaka, that was his man. Yeah, he literally put his man behind him, 
And then turned around and was like, oh, I didn't even realize he was going to put that in. I mean, also the Vardy goal where he sees he's in the middle of the box, goes towards him, and then just backs away from him. Like, ah, Vardy's not going to shoot inside the box and score. So, So, you know, again, I'm not saying that he's terrible. I'm not saying any of that stuff. I'm just simply saying that he's making mistakes. He's not to the caliber that you need. How many seasons are you going to watch the same thing until you say, hmm, something's got to give? But I think anyways. I think this season I think he's gonna stay regardless. I think he'll be fine with Veron. I just wanna see other players leave the club that are just wasting money. That'll happen again. They're clearing out. I have no problem. They're they're gonna do that. <laughs> Alex tell us. <coughs> no, no, he's been great. Yeah. He's been great. He he <laughs> made that huge goal from the Champions League for us. Um but I think he's gonna need to start Pugba and Fred. I think that's gonna be the go to. So okay. you can have Pugba move up a little bit more to help out Bruno. And Hopefully have Sancho start on the right and Rashford start on the left and have Ronaldo and then Bruno behind them. Let's give, I, I just want to give two proper shout outs for this game. Mm-hmm. One, Rashford, finally back. Yeah. Finally puts it in. Great work on that. Good to see him back. Can't talk about this game and overshadow that. Right. I think that's wonderful. He's still showing like he's the man. You know, I feel like we all looked at him as Greenwood, you know, a few years back. He's that young English player. He's one dimensional. Well, not you know what I'm saying. Right, he's yeah. doing the same thing over and over. And now he's coming back and he shows you why he's more likely not going to be starting maybe over Greenwood or just maybe fix up the lineup and put him back in just because he's just like, he's getting really high caliber. High yeah, he's a very good player. He can dribble well with the ball. He can head. He can finish. He can shoot from far. He can take free kicks. I think between him, Greenwood, putting in Ahmad Diallo. That kid's I, not going to see the full field. No, year. no, not yeah, this yeah. year. I'm talking yeah. like just future. It's like. It's looking really promising yeah, for those have, kind of players, have, you know? That's the good thing about United is that they do use the youth and they give them the opportunities so that they can shine. And that saves us a lot of money and our fans love it. And it's always good to see, especially for the English fans. And then my second shout out, Patson Daka puts it in yeah. finally, gets some playing time. He actually had three chances. He almost put in, he could have, he could have put in three. He puts in one. Yeah, could have been super excited. It could have been seven. Eight zero. We forgot to even mention De Gea. He was the man of the match. De Gea was I, great. I have no problem with him. I have no problem. Saves. With him. Yeah, man. He's, this is this is one of his best years since you know him being in form and saving. The Look, team. he had like one bad season. It's not a big deal. You guys don't have a goalkeeper it, problem. It wasn't even a bad. It wasn't a bad defending season. But. Well, it was a entire team bad. Yeah. So, but yeah, so he's yeah. in great form. So yeah, I think uh, we had a good enough time talking sixteen minutes about that part. So, Not enough time. Well, also, Hassan Daka scored four goals today, or the other day, for Leicester. From Spartak Moscow against yeah, Spartak Moscow? Yeah. My man is hot right now, yeah, huh? fire. That's awesome. So, yeah, like, I mean, it's proven. Him and uh, Bubba Bakari, man. Good signings. That's a lot of speed. That's, that's very good. That's a lot of speed. So, yeah. Let's move on to our third big game. Uh, this is going to be... One that we focus on the most again, and then we'll just discuss a couple more things later. Uh, I want to talk about the Spurs-Newcastle game. I thought that was a pretty notable game of the week. Steve Bruce Southern's game. Steve Bruce, man, yeah. Also let go recently. Yep, yep. As of today? I think yesterday. Within the last 24 hours. October 19th. There you go. So, last night. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. You know... I think Spurs did great. They finally came out and 
prove themselves. I mean, the game started a little rough because it was a minute and a half in, and they already conceded. Callum Wilson back on injury. You know, Callum Wilson, solid player. He, you know, he they have a good attack. Impact. They have a good attack. All they need now is Jermaine Defoe. The problem is they have a championship defense. It's still the same defense that they've had when they came up. So you got to bolster that up if you're going to stay in the league. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have them staying in, but... Well, I mean, now they have to, right? We don't know who the new coach is going to be. Money talks. January, they're definitely going to spend. Yep. It's not the Saudis who control the team. It's this like English sports group or something like that that the Saudis own. and. The people that work for that sports group are making the plays for what Newcastle's going to do. By the way, so it's not like, hey, I'm the richest Saudi in the world, you know, let me just buy whatever I want. It's not how it works. They still have to, the funds that that sports group gets and what they bring in is what they can use to obviously buy players. And obviously, if they need more, they can announce, you know, hey, Prince, please, you know. Well, you know it's actually crazy. I don't know if you uh, kind of delved a little bit into the money. They, the money of the takeover has taken into place. Like for instance, um, the net worth. In other words, it's a lot. So Man City and PSG are owned by two different sheiks, mm-hmm. right? And each one of them is like just roughly, roughly like in the thirty billion mark. Yeah. They're each worth about thirty billion. But the takeover from Newcastle is not by a sheik. It's right. by the Saudi Arabian public funding. Yeah. So entire organizational money pit, that's $300 billion. Yeah. So if you think that impact on City and PSG from 30 Also Chelsea, which mm-hmm. is even less. Right? Imagine something as big as $300 billion. Now, clearly, it's not all going to go to Newcastle, you know, but it's just a... A matter of like that's literally an infinite pit of money, crazy. By the way, Newcastle fans, you cannot wear a Saudi headpiece to the stadium unless you are of Saudi descent. They actually made that a it's a thing. Rule. Yeah. Oh wow. Because they were dressing up with yeah. I saw they were getting the, yeah. yeah. The Englishmen. Yeah. What are you gonna do? It's a cultural thing, guys. <laughs> so. Now, moving on to discussing more about Spurs, because obviously they won this game, so they deserve it the most. Going into it, you see their top four, Lucas Moura, Kyungman Son, Kane, and Dumbele. I don't know why we talk so long about Spurs. Just say Kane scored, they won, next. (laughs) (laughs) They deserve it this time, okay? We did them dirty last time. Oh, yeah, they had trouble defeating Newcastle. (laughs) So, between Dumbele, Lucas Moura, and Kane, they all had zero goals, zero assists the entire season. Mm-hmm. After one game, two goals and an assist. I think that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, Newcastle has had probably one of the hardest run of games for any bottom side team mm-hmm. starting the year. So the fact that they're low makes sense. Obviously, we want to see more from them. Um, but continue on to Spurs as, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, I really, 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 and I said this before, I really enjoy watching Tanguy and Dumbele. I think Excellent he's, player. I've been waiting for this because when he was on Lyon, they were making a big deal. Like, this guy is, like, real deal. He's, he's serious. gifted. Yeah, he is. Yeah. And now that he's playing, like, an attacking mid-role, it's like it's really coming out. And, you know, he he made his goal on his own. It was a nice curler. I, I think he's something they needed, something different. People aren't be able to expect what he's going to do next. I think they came into big play. 
And then, yeah, like you said, the big thing, Kane finally gets his goal. Now, the question I was asking myself, I was like, is Kane back? And the big thing, I always pay attention to things like this. I did this when Mane had a slump. Pay attention to how they celebrate. I think that makes a big deal. They do his traditional. Well, Mane, when Mane had his slump, everyone came to go celebrate with him. And he just had like a stone cold face. And he just like didn't enjoy it. And then he kept playing poor. And then finally, he started playing well when he started actually like getting excited and run into somebody. So it's like, I noticed that with Harry Kane too. He kind of was that similar, you know. He wasn't stone-faced, but he wasn't overly excited about it. It was kind of like, I should have done this. Well, hopefully, it's just like him being hard on himself. But it wasn't like, you know, I'm glad the team wants him to make him feel like that's important to them. Because Emerson went right to him. Mm. You know, even with the Sun goal, Sun ran straight to Kane as soon as he got the assist. So, hopefully, it brings him back in. But you could tell it's like, it's so weird watching it, you know. Like, even though it's exciting to watch Kane be back in, it's like, just look like someone's holding him back or like, you know, he's not genuinely happy, but it's hard. Yeah, I think he just wants to score more goals. He's definitely probably feeling a part of the team still. and Obviously, the team appreciates him. But I guess for a striker, you know, it's been eight games and you haven't scored. So I got yeah, one. Yeah. Let's keep going. Yeah, I mean, you know, it could be over analyzing, but it's just something I always like to see how the players celebrate because that's just between them and their personal connections with their own players. So that kind of resonates with me of like how they're kind of feeling. So, I mean, you know, I I wish him the best and I hope he does well. And I I mean, even if they don't play with him, I mean, they've proved this year that, you know, they, they can have a life without Kane. Um, They need to replace him eventually, but let's talk about, you know, Steve Bruce, right? He gets a sack, right? I think he had to go, but he made the best managerial decision I've ever seen. He gets to put in John Joe Shelby, right, in the 60th minute so he can go get his red card and leave in the 83rd. I mean, I think that's ingenious. This isn't like something that he has <laughs> done before. Like, this is a thing John Joe Shelby has done like four times. And you know who taught him that? that? Steven Gerrard. <laughs> is that <who> taught him? <laughs> that's all he learned in a little stint. That's all he needs to learn. I mean, that's good for us. We should teach everyone to leave. The quickest way to get to the shower to hide your tears. <laughs> you want to cry by yourself in the shower. Honestly, I don't remember if it was the exact time he played, but maybe, remember Raul Mirelish? Yeah. That's the guy that probably taught him because that guy was playing real dirty. But yeah, so John Joe Shelby gets the red. It happens at 83rd minute. You know, it was really, I think it was stupid. It was super easy to call that play. Yeah. Um, But Spurs don't do anything after that. Also, the big shout-out for this game is uh, Regulon and Dyer for stopping the game. Oh, yes, because the fan had a cardiac attack. Cardiac arrest, I think, arrest. yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, same same category. Yeah, same category. And, uh, so, they stopped the game for seven full crowd. minutes. Yeah. yeah, which was good for him to see. So, that was awesome. I mean, Yeah, it was very nice. You know, but, I mean, it looks like everybody's really together, and, like, I'm, I'm glad that that went the person super is okay. smooth. Yeah. Yeah, so... So, you know, shout out to them on that mm-hmm. part. So, that was our big topics, our big games that we really wanted to discuss. Also, what had occurred was, you know, Chelsea obviously was an important game. It wasn't very exciting. No. They finished their one nothing. Brentford could have won. 
Brentford could always win. It was it was a game where it was two games in a row where Chelsea just slipped by by a goal. Yep. And it keeps Chelsea still right on top by one point at nineteen. And Lukaku didn't score. Lukaku didn't score. Chilwell is like on fire. It's been a couple of games where Lukaku Oof. didn't score. And now yeah. he's injured. Now he's injured. And Werner is injured. Through Champions League talk. Yep. Crazy, right? Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna hurt him. So what are we gonna do now? Maybe Mason, well, Mason Mount's coming back finally. Uh huh. And maybe Pulisic might need another week. Okay. But maybe you'll see Havertz go in the attacking position again. And Ziyech? Well, maybe he'll fit on the right and you'll have that's uh, what I'm Mount saying, on right? the left. Maybe. And you'll have, or you have Mount going through the middle as a cam and you have Havertz in the front. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, man of the match for this game is Odward Mendy. Oh my God, what a goalie. That's crazy, man. He's been the best goalkeeper signing in a while. I... I like him better than Allison. I think instead of signing a new player in January, they just take the 20 mil and they give it to the scout that found Edward Mendy. I think it was Peter Cech. Was it? I think so. You know what it was? Because he's taller than everybody. You got to see him. You got to actually see. <laughs> he who, sees who, things who, way faster than everybody. Yeah, I think it was actually Peter. There wasn't a scout who went there and then they told Peter Cech to go and Peter Cech went to go watch him himself and they grabbed him. I think that's the story. I believe I'm correct. Well, I mean... This He's is a fascinating goalie. He's this great. has been incredible, like twelve to sixteen months for Edouard Mendy. He's already been the first African goalkeeper to win the Champions League, so that's an incredible yeah. feat. He's the first African goalkeeper to win the UEFA Goalkeeper of the Year, and he's the first African goalkeeper to be nominated for the Yashin Trophy. So wow. when he wins, which he should, right. He'll be the first African goalkeeper to actually win the Yashin Trophy. That's crazy. And I think that's well-deserved. And a huge blown-out topic, but put that man on the list for Ballon d'Or. On the list. I didn't say make him win the thing. Sure, you can put him on the list. Just nominate him because I think he honestly deserves it. Because what does a goalkeeper got to do to even just touch the list? I think he at least deserves to be acknowledged. Peter Schreiber touched the list. Pretty sure he's touched the list. But I'm saying, you know, it doesn't happen often at all, and I think you no. should at least yeah, be acknowledged. Sure. I'm not telling you to give him the ball and door. Yeah, I agree. You know? I agree. You can put him on the list. I'm sure um, I can go through that list and find at least 10 guys that shouldn't be on it, or he can go in front of them. Yeah, you could, you could put him on the list. It's a big achievement. He did win um, the Champions League, and he did help him get there with some big saves. So, yeah, you can put him on the list. Uh, he's winning all these trophies, right? And he's, people notice him, but... People are still coming out and saying that he's not noticed, which I don't like. Yeah, you can put him on the Bell and Door list. Those are the people that you can't talk to. Anymore. Right. So, obviously, he's being noticed. I, like I said, I think he's better than Allison. When when push comes to shove, this guy is a better shot stopper for me. Um, Not a better sweeper keeper, but a better shot stopper. He's probably top three goal in the league. Top three goal in the I world. I don't think Ederson is good. No, oh, no, yeah, no! I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm nominating top three in the world. Ooh. I'm not saying the number one because that's going to be really hard top to five. differentiate. Top five. I'm gonna go three, man. I can't go. Three. We could put old block there. He could stay, okay. and Courtois could stay. And I'm okay with that. In form at the moment, yeah, I give it to to Mendy. I'll give Nora number four. Uh, I got. I mean, it. who cares? But... I give De Gea three. 
I'm sorry. All right, I'm sorry. The no. hands way back. All right, I think it's almost time you, to end the you podcast. You don't know. You're, you're, too busy, you're too busy watching. <laughs> I didn't say all time or the whole career. I'm just talking about right this In second. In form right now, the hair, 100%. Dean Henderson, I think. Yeah, he hasn't seen the field. But, yeah, I mean, you know, he's been incredible, and um, he's just showing time and time again why yeah, he's, he's been awesome. such a huge pickup. and Literally why they won that game 1-0. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's going to wrap it up for us for Game Week 8. Thanks, everybody, for listening at Above the Pitch, and we'll talk to you again next week. Hurricane scored.